Leaders come in all different shapes, sizes, and styles. There is not a one-size-fits-all solution to leadership. Our goal is to connect with those who are in the trenches each day, leading themselves and leading others, to learn about their unique style, and to provide our listeners with inspiration to lead. Welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast. Welcome to part two of our conversation with the head coach of women's soccer at the University of New Haven, Laura Duncan. We we here we work with you know at Empower we work with a lot of different types of groups, schools, athletes at the corporate level, um, and there's a recurring theme that you'll hear a lot of times from te- you know teachers and coaches of the 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 kids are different, the kids are different. And everybody has their beliefs on if, you know, the athletes or the students are different now than they were five, 10, 20 years ago. Um, what are some, and without, you know, without getting into like specific about a particular athlete or situation, what are some of the challenges that you face with, you know, your today's athlete or the group of athletes that you work with, uh, with regards to, you know, you know, coaching, coaching, you know, hard, challenging them, uh, leading them. Uh, what are some of those challenges, Laura? Um, I think some of it right now is, um, is the background of where some of these kids are coming from. I'll go soccer a little bit specifically in regards to the landscape of the youth. The youth game has changed. Um, there's a lot more opportunity for kids to play nowadays. So I wouldn't say kids necessarily have to fight so hard to be on a team. Um, the, the elite level teams, there's more of them now. At, at one point, Connecticut could only have one team at the elite level, and now they have three or four clubs. So more of these kids are playing at these elite levels, and they're playing at a level they're being very highly praised at. And then I think when they come into the college game, they expect to be at that same standard. And again, the reality is sometimes the freshmen start back down at the the bottom of the pecking order a little bit, unless they're, you know, one of the top, top freshmen coming in. And they really struggle with that. They struggle right now in how to compete um, and how to be held accountable. Now, again, not, not by all means, not every kid, but I think that's the thing I've really seen change a little bit is just that blue collar dirt and grit from some of these kids that are coming in nowadays. Um, They, you know, they don't want to, they, they're not used to being here, hearing the word no, or that they need to be better, or they're not as good, because they pay a lot of money to play club soccer, and not too many people want to tell them that some days, you know, so I, I think a little bit of it is, as that landscape has definitely changed, without a doubt. Is soccer similar, and, and again, you could say you don't know, um, but I've read a lot about the, the same type of landscape in basketball where there's so many opportunities to play on these, you know, quote-unquote elite teams. And as you get higher up in the levels, there's, there's, a more, there's more challenge and there's more opportunity and there's the, for you to fail and there's more people telling you that, hey, that effort wasn't good enough. Do, do you see similarities there? Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, there's also there's also a lot of positive has come from the change of the landscape of the kid that is coming in too, though. Um, you know, with a lot more of these kids playing at these uh, more elite level club teams, they are traveling more. Um, they are playing more competitive games. And I think one part of it that has shifted that I've sh- seen on a positive part is 
the ability of the kid to come in nowadays and balance their time, their academics and their work better um, because they're used to doing it. You know, some of these kids now that are playing on these elite level clubs are driving an hour each way after school to go practice versus playing for their closest team because they want to play on a better team. So they're figuring out how to do homework in the car and, and, and get on a plane the following weekend and go to a tournament in Florida. Um, so as a coach, some of the parts I think I've benefited from in the change of the landscape is just the, 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 the ability of these kids to manage time management coming in. I, I've, I've got better students. I've got <laughs> less headaches with some of these kids because they're just, they're just better at it too. Yep. So it, there's pros and cons on both sides of it. Um, and, it, you know, it depends what battle you want to fight sometimes. You, you brought up um, in the – and it's great to hear that there are pluses and minuses because everything's evolving in sport. Um, and, again, that the ability to recognize maybe some of the new challenges but also some of the new pluses that are coming from that is critical. Um, you mentioned uh, the potential of – I like the you used blue-collar, dirt, and grit – three of my favorite were three of my favorite phrases right there as a coach, knowing that is something that, Hey, this group of athletes might need a little bit more coaching on that and a little more opportunity to develop those skills. Cause I think those are absolutely skills that can be developed. What are some of your you know, tactics to overcome that and to teach the content? Hey, being tough is a skill and you can learn it. And how, have you, how do you go about doing that? I guess developing that type of skill with your athletes. You know, I think you you got to get them out of their comfort zone. Um, you've got to put them in places they're not comfortable or they're not used to being in. And it doesn't even necessarily just mean on the soccer field. I mean, obviously, we'll try to come up with drills and practices that pushes them to their, their highest level they can be at. Um, but it's, it's other situations too. For example, taking advantage of, of your program um, and having you come in when you, you've done your, you know, your leadership session with the kids. Some kids love being in that environment. Um, some kids don't, you know, some kids don't like being the one to have to lead a group or, you know, listen to someone while they're blindfolded and walking through a, a minefield. But we did it and they did it. And, and doing stuff like that more often can only make them a little bit stronger each time. Um, I think the key of it is not, is, is not just doing it once and then moving away from it because that's not necessarily going to make them tougher. It's going to provide them an, an experience um, but to build upon them being better in situations they're uncomfortable in, you've got to do it with them more often. You know, joking, like I said before, these Zoom calls, right? The first Zoom call was a little uncomfortable for myself and our first player. And like I said, now we jump right on and, and we don't even think twice about it. You know, they brush their hair or whatever the case is. So you just have to keep putting them in, in situations where they have no choice but to get tougher or they're going to fail. And no one wants to fail. You know, at the end of the day, they are the, the student athletes, they're competitive, whether it's on the field, off the field, they don't want to fail in anything they do. So you have to keep pushing them and, and helping them evolve into the people that they are becoming. I, I think back to our time together in the winter of 2019, when I, I forget the date, uh, the in plain sight, one of the first activities we did, and to see how the group of about 25 college athletes handled the stress and frustration of not being able to find a stupid pen. Yeah. It's hands down one of my favorite activities and um, with every group just to watch and take it in to see, you know, who was the one to maybe quit a little bit quickly in the first round and, and watching them then in round two 
stay with it a little bit longer and stay with it, you know, stay with it a little bit longer the next round. It, it, that, that moment in the gym there at, at the University of New Haven was uh, <laughs> priceless, a priceless memory. Uh, in my oh, I remember I was ready to quit after round two as well. I'm like, how can it be so hard to find a pen? But, <laughs> but you know, like you said, it, it's neat in that regard because then you're looking at it, right? I, you know, I, I 100% agree. There was a moment trying to find that pen where I'm like, I don't, I can't do this anymore. But then you have to sit and think, well, if I step out of this circle and give up, what message am I showing to these kids? So, you know, I had to put a smile on my face and pretend it wasn't frustrating the hell out of me <laughs> and just keep and just keep going with it. But I think that's, you know, again, on the soccer field, it's the same thing, right? I mean, there's, you know, we tell you, whether it's a drill, whether it's a fitness session, there's a kid who wants to quit. And for coaches, we have to recognize that before they do quit um, and get to them so they keep going. They might still finish last and they might really struggle, but... We we done a we done a drill this winter or early spring that we knew physically some of the kids were gonna struggle with it. They were not gonna be as good as some of the other kids. Um, they weren't at that level yet. But we came up with a solution where they just couldn't quit. They had to finish it. And I said, I don't care if you walk the last lap, but you don't quit because you still gotta find a way to finish even if it's not as good as the person next to you. But as soon as you quit because you can't do it anymore, you're gonna quit next time you're faced with a little adversity too. Yep. Just find a way to finish it. And we did. We had we had a couple of athletes that at the end of this fitness drill, they had reached their peak and they they but they finished by walking it. So they didn't quit and come diagonally across the field. They finished that last lap and came across the same end line like the rest of their teammates did uh, at some point that was, you know, the, at their capabilities. That's great. And you you met you just touched on that quit quitting is such an easy habit. Like once you do it once, it opens the door to make it, it's a little easier to do the next time and a little easier after that. So, you know, as, as a leader to have that mindset of, Hey, you're going to struggle and, but we, we want you to finish. Right. And, and, and that's the challenge with this exercise is put your, put your best forward until you, you, you fail and then, and then finish the drill. Um, and that's, that's, you know, if anything, that's a, that's a character builder. Again, that'll come back and help your unit, you know, come, come August when, when things get rolling forward. Even as coaching, we, we are conscious of that. Like when we're planning sessions out or again, you, this tends to come more down to, I wouldn't even say to say the fitness side of things. I mean, there are sessions where, you know, you play the offense versus the defense and, and this particular drill should be in favor of the offense because of numbers or whatever the case may be. But you still have to have that little aspect of that drill where you know your defense can be successful. They're supposed to fail to a certain degree because they're supposed to be under pressure and we want them to be able to come through that pressure. But we've got to make sure we finish that drill in some aspect where the defense felt a little bit of success. So you're conscious of all that type of stuff when you're planning sessions too. You know, there, there is a winner and a loser, but you even want the losers to figure out a little bit of success when they walk away from that. Yep. Yep, that's right. That's right. Uh, strate yeah, strategic design of technical soccer drills and all the way through the, the fitness exercises to, you know, just like any other skill, if you want them to build that level of grit, that mental toughness, that blue collar mentality, it's all about providing the opportunities and the coaching and the support to fail, but get back up and say, you know what, it's okay. I'm going to keep on pushing. Yep, exactly. What, um, if you had to pinpoint either a specific experience in your life or a specific individual who shaped you as, as who you, as, as a leader, as a coach, um, 
uh, who would that be or what would that experience be for you, Laura? Um, I think there's, for me, there's two, there's two parts of it. Um, the beginning, as I mentioned before, even just joking with mom and dad not being able to be at the soccer games, moving to the country. But I think, you know, first, hands down, they will always be the first ones, you know. Um, and maybe you didn't appreciate it when you were younger, but you look back now and, and you're in this profession and you understand sacrifices that are made that, you know, you look back and really realize how much time and financial sacrifices my parents made to give me this opportunity and to be grateful for everything that I've had the, the opportunity to do. So I think that I consider them my role models in life as far as just, you know, how I've been brought up and the respect I have for people around me and again, opportunities and the positions I've been in. And then moving more into the professional career, um, I think I've always been shaped and influenced by the people that actually physically have had some influence in my life. You know, I know some people might sit back and say, okay, you know, I saw this great coach, coach, um, you know, the Miami Dolphins back in the, when were they good in the seventies? <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> but, you know, for me, you know, they're great to read about in a book and maybe watch on a documentary, but they personally haven't affected me. Um, I really choose my role model and leaders of people that I have physically had contact with. And, and for one of my biggest ones would be my, my college coach. Um, you know, I've been here 20 years now. I spent my first five years here playing under Mick Darcy. Uh, and like I said, basically based on my injury, I, I spent, I started my coaching career really under Mick Darcy to, to some capacity. Um, you know, I've always respected and appreciate his coaching style. Um, I think that's where I get some of mine from because he wasn't much of a screamer and shouter too. Again, had his moments, definitely, uh, definitely scared us once in a while and got us motivated, but I just really enjoyed how he related to his players. Um, you know, the fact that I, I couldn't step foot on the field for him for two years. Um, he never made me feel any less worth or that I wasn't, you know, bringing it, bringing something to the program that I should have been bringing, even though I couldn't be playing. So I've just always really respected how he's ran his program and how he's treated his players. And I, I think that's where I get a lot of my influence from. Um, and to this day, you know, there's a reason why he's still one of my best friends and he's still one of my first phone calls, whether it's good, bad or ugly that I need to make a phone call. He's, he's going to be one of my first. And that's really the relationship that I've wanted to have with my players. Yep. Um, you know, I, I tell the same thing on my recruiting talks. I, as a coach, we can never guarantee wins or losses. We can't, we'll do our best and we will put our players in the best situation to succeed, but we can't guarantee it once they step out onto the field. Um, but the only thing I think I can guarantee is how I treat my players and that I can take care of them for the four years. And I tell every mom and dad that when they're, they're having their kid consider coming to New Haven, that, you know, your, your daughter might not win a game here for four years because I can't guarantee it, but I can guarantee that I will treat her right and I will treat her with respect and that, you know, I will try to provide the best four years of her life that we, we can. Um, and, you know, that's where I get a lot of that from because that's exactly how Mick treated me for five years. Great and great lesson for you to take with you. And I think a great lesson you're passing along to the, the, the families of the athletes that you coach is in sport, but in life in general, there's so much, there's only so much that is in our control. And if we dedicate our time, energy, and focus to doing those things to the best of our ability, we'll put the best brand of University of New Haven 
so women's soccer on the on the field in a in a given competition or practice um you'll put the best brand of of yourself uh, forward in an interview um as soon as you let those other things start to impact what you can control you you don't you don't put the best team forward or the best individual forward that's a huge lesson i again that will last far beyond their four years with you yeah and i think you know right now what's happening with covid19 this is kind of proving it right you know sports they're an important factor in our daily lives because we love it and we want to be around it. But the fact that every sport and event out there is being canceled, it just shows how important it, it kind of isn't, right? Yep. There's a lot more to the world that is important. And right now it's treating people right and it's treating people with respect and, and it's being there for each other in any capacity that we can have. And I think now you realize just that, you know, sports was something that brought people together um, and gave people opportunities to do their hobbies and their passions but at the end of the day our daily life is the most important thing out there and the people around us and that's you know like being kind to somebody bringing the best out of the people around you those are things that last you know we're both retired athletes you know we can't play anymore but we you can still do those things right you know it doesn't take any special uh, athletic ability uh to to build a relationship be nice to somebody build trust and um, you know, those things carry a lot of water in the real world far beyond the playing careers. Right. And, and you know, and, and, you know, you go back to, like you said, the word leadership and the word coaching. And for me, there's one word that sums that up and it's the word influence. And, and that word can cover so many different aspects. So at the end of the day, good or bad, if you're a good leader and a good coach, then I think you have the right influence on people. Um, whether it's you know what they're doing in the classroom whether it's what they're doing in their social and personal life so um, you know right now we have no sport Um, we can't physically get out there and play together but we can have a positive influence on someone we can zoom and skype with them each day and make sure that they're doing their homework and they're doing their classwork and that they're getting a workout in and that they're talking to each other so you know it's it's you've taken away one aspect of the program, which is the actual physical sport inside of it, but there's still so much more than just soccer right now. Yep. Absolutely. Laura, awesome insight into your personal leadership uh, style, your, your current leadership situation, just like everybody else. It's a nice, it's a good challenge, right? Getting us all out of our comfort zone. Um, The amount of adults that have done, self-teaching on zoom or google classroom meeting uh, over the past few weeks I, 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 there's got to be some sort of record that's getting broken so um we're gonna move we're, we're close to the the finish line here of our conversation again laura duncan the the head coach of university of new haven women's soccer um we're gonna move to a few last questions here they're quick hit questions you have to answer them all right <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll start with a cookie. We'll ease into it right here. I got, I have a really good, fun, tough one that we're going to throw in there at some point. Um, your current leadership inspiration and why? Uh, Mick Darcy, okay. college coach. Yep. And you, you covered why throughout, but, uh, you know, just to highlight it for the, the listeners, the, uh, his ability to, to forge relationships and to make every you know, team member feel valued, whether they were on the field as a backup or someone who was hurt um, is something that Laura is, is, is building into her, her leadership routine uh, each day. Um, 
a recent book and movie that's had an impact on you? Good, bad, ugly, doesn't matter. Oh, I, I don't read as, as much as I should. I have a, a library that is unbelievable. I love buying books, but I don't read them. Um, <laughs> you know, I, maybe I just feel smarter because they're sitting on my desk and on my bookshelf. Um, uh, the, the, the one I have on my desk right now is called Winners. Um, it's probably got a short expert in it from 50 people from around the world, whether they're athletes or not athletes, politicians, um, top movie stars, film directors, obviously athletes. Um, I'm going to read it. Okay. <laughs> it's so, on the to-do list. It's, it's on, on the to-do, to-do list. list. Yeah, that's one of my uh, COVID-19's to-do list is read a little bit more, but I've got more hooked on YouTube videos and podcasts right now. <laughs> what, um, what about a movie you recently seen that had an impact on you? Ugh. Again, not a big movie watcher, believe it or not. Um, I always think there could be something else I could be doing right now. Ah, that's, that's a tough one. I, I honestly don't. I mean, favorite movie of all time is Oliver Twist. Oliver, okay, all right. <laughs> and and that, if I'm going to put a movie on, I'm going to watch it. And maybe that's just for the appreciation of what he had to go through in life too, to get that second bowl of porridge. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. You you did mention uh, YouTube YouTube videos and podcasts. Uh, anything um, that that's got you hooked a little bit? Um, I do like going through the TED talks um, because they they are everything. They're not just sport related. So I do you know I do like to throw up a TED talk real quick. Um, there's a like I said with the We Coach membership right now. There's a couple of different people out there that are doing their own podcasts. Um, you know, Betsy Butterfield is doing a lot. So just, you know, I just like to scroll through and sometimes put a buzzword in, you yeah. know, as simple as leadership or coaching or, you know, and kind of go from there. All right. Do you want, do you want the hard one now or last? Those ones were easy. That's the, those, are the, those are the soft, that's the soft toss right there. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'm going to give you the hard one. We'll finish on a, on a fun note. Who's the better coach in the house, Charlie or Laura? Oh, that is a tough one. Um, He's been more successful, but I'm nicer, remember? All right. It's a tie. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the nicer coach. I'm a little bit nicer. <laughs> uh, good answer. It's a very good diplomatic answer right there. Uh, if we have Charlie on one of these days, I'll ask him the same question. I'll make sure it's recording. I'll let you know. <laughs> um, the you're driving to it and this could be now as a coach or as when you were an athlete uh uh or an active college athlete high school athlete you need to get fired up for a game what song are you putting on or what musical artist are you putting on to get yourself absolutely jacked up to step onto the pitch and dominate you know, it's funny you asked this because you asked this when you worked with the team back in 2019 and some of them are still ripping me for it now. Um, I'm a huge Alton John or Phil Collins fan. And I, and I know they're probably not the most motivating songs, but for me, I get motivated when I can sing along to them. Okay. So, you know, these hip hop and loud, you know, dancing around songs, I don't know the words to them. So they're not, you know, just give me a little Alton John, uh, Billy Joel, Phil Collins that I can bop away to. I'm good to go after that. Phil Collins, one of my, uh, it's an underrated favorite of mine. Um, the, the, the drum fills in, uh, 
in the air tonight are if i if that's on when i'm driving i'm smashing so how how does that not motivate you right right as loud as you can you whip your arms up and down as quick as you can and you get right out there and you're good to go (laughs) you heard it there first ladies and gentlemen (laughs) if you need some motivation it's elton john billy joel or the the drum fills for in the air tonight by phil collins it is a absolute classic uh (laughs) laura just um as we close things up, you got, you got, you have some time ahead of you where you're not in front of the athletes. What's next for you as a leader? What are some of the, the things that you want to, you know, tackle and get outside of reading some books? <laughs> what, are, what are some things that you want to uh, want to do moving forward over the next you know month or so? Yeah. I mean, you know, again, this is a little bit of an opportunity now, maybe get ahead. Um, there's, there's been some, stuff for the program I've wanted to do personally, um, as far as, you know, just informational packets, recruiting packets that I've wanted to finalize to make it real, you know, streamline. Um, so we do a lot of uh, educational packets for the incoming players. Um, we can get a little bit of a head start on stuff like that. Um, you know, and, and, and this also provides a great opportunity for time to look back a little bit on last year um and and look at the good bad and ugly from last year too which again sometimes you tell yourself you want to go back and evaluate offense defense midfield and you run out of time for whatever reason um but now we kind of have no excuse um so i you know my staff and i are working on some small projects where we're going you know even as simple as let's take the you know the the goals we scored and where did every goal come from let's take the goals against us where did everyone come from so trying to motivate yourself to do some, you know, get ahead of some stuff that we would maybe do in July and August and start working on that stuff now too. So just, uh, you know, take advantage of the time ahead of us. Awesome. Awesome. Laura Duncan, the head coach of women's soccer at the university of new Haven. Laura, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on today. I really appreciate it. Um, Thank you for taking some time out of your day. Thank you for sharing some insight into who you lead, how you lead, and where you learn to lead. And uh, just overall wishing, wishing you and Charlie, your families, uh, you know, nothing but you know, health and, and happiness during this challenging time. And um, as Laura touched on throughout, uh, the better people can stick together, uh, the better we're all going to be able to get through this tough situation. So Laura Duncan again, ladies and gentlemen. Laura, again, absolutely appreciate it. It was a pleasure. And uh, can't wait to see what's in store for uh, uh, the Chargers women's soccer team in the fall, for sure. We're looking forward to it. We, uh, I appreciate you having us on, Dan. And uh, without a doubt, we're um, looking forward to you coming back and working with the team in the near future, too. Uh, I can't wait. Can't, it was an absolute blast last year and looking forward to the next one. So, uh, again, Laura Duncan, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, and we'll talk to everybody soon. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much to our listeners. We appreciate you tuning in. And always remember, great leadership looks, sounds, and feels different. However, there is a common thread that connects all tremendous leaders. They are passionate about those that they lead, and they spend most of their time in their stretch zone. Not settling for that which is comfortable, because nothing exceptional was ever accomplished from comfort. Mm-hmm.